please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Early in the morning, Jesus came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and making her stand before all of them. They said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts help us to live and love like you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My older brother growing up was notorious for breaking things. I think that for four years straight, he got a new Walkman for every birthday and Christmas. It was a serious problem. So one afternoon, my dad came to discover that something of his was broken. He came to the four kids and asked if anyone knew about it. Of course, no one confessed to being the one that broke it. And so our punishment was then to sit in my brother's room until someone confessed. My older sister was released because she was the perfect child or because she wasn't even around to break it. I can't remember which one, but I'm still going to go with the perfect child. My little sister was let go because, well, she was too young to break anything. My brother and I sat in his room for what felt like five hours. Such middle child problems, right? My brother, of course, was listening to his Walkman and not paying any attention, and I was mad. I knew that I didn't do it, so he just needed to say something so that this could all be over. But he didn't. I tried negotiating with him the best that my little elementary school brain could, but he kept denying it. I knew that he did it, and my anger grew stronger and stronger. And as he was distracted listening to music or sleeping or something else, I took a sharp edge and I started carving something in the side of his dresser. I was getting myself in more trouble. (laughs) But it was just a little while before that that I really started to grasp the concept of my older brother and sister being my half-brother and sister— They had a different last name and a different dad, but it never really sank into me because their dad was not an active part of their lives, so they were always with us. Well, I started to carve my dad's name 
and my mom's name on the dresser. Then I put mine, my little sister's, and I made that little arrow, and I put our last name. And then under that, I put my brother and sister with their last name. I then went back up to our family, the first, and I said, the real family. As soon as I got done, my mom opened the door. My little sister had confessed that she was the one that broke it, and she was not even in the room with us. And all of the sudden, shame and guilt came over me. I didn't want them to see it, so I just casually walked out of the room praying that no one would ever see what had happened. But weeks later, they did discover it. And I can't remember what the consequence of that action was, like how my parents punished me, because I think that I had punished myself enough. When you get down to it, anger is a judgmental emotion. It allows us to narrowly focus our attention on something that might or might not actually be the reality. I was sure, I was certain that it was my brother who did it. And so it was easy for me to be angry at him, to cast judgment on him. But there is always more to the story than anger initially lets us see. This Lent, we enter into a sermon series on forgiveness. And it's such a challenging word for all of us but it's such a beautiful word at the same time. Each week we'll take a different look at forgiveness from another angle or excuse not to forgive or reason not to let go. But today we will focus in with a story from the Gospel of John with the statement, he or she doesn't deserve to be forgiven. The Gospel of John gives us a picture of what undeserving forgiveness is. And what to do when our anger and judgments get in the way of living the full life that Jesus intended for us. Because this story shows us what this might have looked like 2,000 years ago. John 8 opens up with a scene that Jesus is teaching a crowd of people in the temple. And we see that as Jesus continues to teach, more and more and more people continue to follow him wanting to be healed, waiting for inspiration. But the religious leaders, they were not happy that Jesus was getting that attention that they so badly wanted for themselves. So they were looking and searching and listening carefully to Jesus to find a way to discredit him of all his teachings. They wanted to back him into a corner so that the people had no choice but to turn on Jesus. As we enter our passage today, it has all the elements that all the elements that the religious leaders were looking for. It was a dramatic situation, a great crowd, a woman caught in the very act of adultery, a law that says she deserved to be stoned. Never mind that the man who was also caught in the very act of adultery was nowhere to be found. The religious leaders bring her forward. And want Jesus's opinion. Now again, not because they actually cared what Jesus had to say. They were just looking for a reason for the crowd to turn against him. But Jesus is, well, 
God, so he doesn't react. Instead, he pauses. He bends down and starts writing something on the ground. Now, who knows what it was? It could have been scripture, a symbol, a line, the name of the one who was caught with the woman. Whatever it was, it was important the crowd and the religious leaders gathered together. He stands up and says, the sinless one among you, go first. Throw the first stone. You can almost hear the gulp, right, of all the people that are standing there with Jesus. Jesus bends down again and continues to write, and there is silence. Nothing more, just silence. Or maybe if you listened carefully, you could hear the tear flowing down the face of the woman. The oldest left first. Their wisdom told them that their years of living hadn't always been perfect, right? But no one, not one person picked up a stone. Jesus looked at the woman and looked around. Where are they? Does no one condemn you? No one, Jesus. Well, neither do I. Go on your way, and from now on, don't sin. And at that, she leaves wondering, scratching her head, what does he mean by don't sin? Like the same sin or like don't sin ever again? Again, anger is a judgmental emotion. It allows us to narrowly focus our attention on something that someone else is doing while forgetting to look back at ourselves, our shortfalls, the way that we have hurt people, the way that we have messed it up. There's a story about a desert father, a monk called Abba Moses. Once a man committed a fault and the council was called to which Abba Moses was invited, but he refused to go. Then the priest sent someone to him saying, come for everyone is waiting on you. So he got up and he went. He took a leaking jug filled with water and carried it with him. The others came out to meet him and said to him, what is this? Or, and said to him, what is this, Father? Abba Moses said to them, my sins run out behind me and I don't see them. And today I come to judge the error of another. When they heard that, they said no more to the man, but they forgave him. Abba Moses shifts the attention away from the man that doesn't deserve to be forgiven to something greater. No one, no one really deserves to be forgiven. Not one of us deserves to be forgiven. Anger is a judgmental emotion. Abba Moses gets the council members to see themselves on the same level as this offender, and their anger at this situation suddenly disappears. Funny how that happens, right? In the book of Ephesians, the passage that Lily just read to us, the writer gives us this advice. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Because when we think about it, 
to withhold the same grace and forgiveness that we have received from God through Jesus Christ from people you judge to have sinned is an equal sin. Grace refuses to allow sin to serve as that ultimate commentary on a person's character. Forgiveness, if we look at it, is the strongest testimony of our great and powerful and mighty God. The the theologian Francis Ginch said this, judgmentalism destroys community. It destroys those who do the judging, and even more seriously, it often destroys and certainly excludes from community the one who is being judged. On a small scale, judgmentalism destroys friendships, families, and churches. But on a wider scale, it provides the major fuel of racism, sexism, neglect of the poor, and self-righteousness. Judgmentalism for this reason, as a breach of love, is as serious as any other sin we commit against one another. So what are we to do? Because we know we live in a sinful body, in a human body, how are we freed from a judging spirit? Well, it's as easy as my little daughter runs around saying all the time, let it go right? But seriously, letting go of our judgments of others allows us to be a person of forgiveness. When we begin to see ourselves as sinners, we can all of the sudden start the healing process of judgmentalism in our own hearts. Knowing that I am a sinner means taking seriously the knowledge that we all do or are at least capable of terrible things. And even in that, we are forgiven by a God who loves us so extravagantly that God came down to walk with us. God took on our humanity in the form of Jesus Christ so that we never had to question again whether forgiveness or salvation is ours. It is. To know ourselves as sinners and heal our judgmental hearts is foundational to our ability to extend ourselves in love and compassion to others. Because we all share this common human struggle with sin, and we're all equally reliant on God's grace and mercy time and time and time again. So may this ancient story continue to bear witness to the one who redeems lives. May it stir in us a need for confession and forgiveness so that we can drop our own judgments of others and simply love like Jesus. Amen.